Hey there, welcome to the HR Mentor. I'm your host, Melanie Reed, and I'm so happy you're joining me. I want to begin today's episode with a huge thank you to everyone who has tuned into this podcast over the last four weeks. I'm so grateful that you're taking the time to listen and to share your feedback and appreciation. As I said before, my purpose with this platform is to help you, the emerging HR professional, to create both a meaningful career and a satisfying, happy life by increasing your knowledge, your confidence, and the number of tools you have in your HR toolkit. Because this podcast is about you, please don't ever hesitate to leave a comment where you're listening or connect with me on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, or through email. I love hearing from you and getting your feedback. Yesterday, I was having a phone call with one of my teaching mentors. Yes, even mentors have mentors. And he pointed me to a great comment on Apple Podcasts. So I wanted to give a shout out to Pancake Mixed Tea. Love that name. And they wrote, Melanie has put into words everything I feel as an HR professional. I'm so pleased to have found this podcast during the COVID-19 pandemic. I look forward to more content. Pancake Mixed Tea, thank you so much for taking the time to share your comment and for listening. I hope to continue meeting your expectations over time. It's interesting that Pancake Mixed Tea mentioned COVID-19 and the pandemic, because on today's episode, we're actually talking about being prepared. And I don't know about you, but despite being a pretty decent planner, I was not prepared for what we've experienced over the last four months. And in particular, I know a number of new graduates and emerging professionals were not expecting to start their career with double-digit unemployment, work from home being the norm, and the types of OHS requirements that workplaces are now facing. In these times, I always say, The only choice we have is how we react, because we can't control something that's already happened. The way we react also dictates our outcome. This is some sage advice that I learned from Jack Canfield a number of years ago, and it's something that I try to teach all my classes at the end of each semester. You are only in control of how you react to what happens to you. I honestly believe that learning how to react when life throws us a bucket of lemons is definitely a great skill worth practicing. But I also feel, or maybe this is a bit of the wisdom of aging, there are life events that we can plan for in order to create a better experience. And sometimes recognizing the situations where we can plan helps us gain a bit of a sense of control back into our lives. For example, I can't control what my neighbor does or what the store down the street does, or whether or not we have a second wave of the virus in the fall. However, I can certainly control my own behavior. I can stay home more. I can keep my interactions with others limited. I can wear a mask, wash my hands, eat good food, and turn off the news when I get tired of it. These are all things that I have within my control. So sometimes just recognizing where we do have control makes us feel a little bit better. Well, the same thing applies with your job search. You can't control who has a vacant position, where the great jobs are located, the amount of competition in the job market, or even the biases that people will have when they read your application or meet with you. 
So there's no point in fretting about these situations. However, what you do have control over is how you prepare yourself for your job search. The amount of time you spend getting to know yourself, preparing your resume, doing personal branding activities, and the amount of effort that you put into making positive connections with organizations that interest you and people who can become part of your network. So don't waste valuable energy stewing or worrying over what you can't control. And instead, I recommend you spend your time and your effort in the places where you can. Essentially, you can control your reaction to these events, and I want your reaction to be one of planning and preparedness when it comes to your job search. Now, one of the most important steps in the hiring process, where you also have some control, is with the interview. No, you can't control whether or not you get one, but the preparation you can do once you have one on the horizon is absolutely within your control. Yes, you can prepare for an interview. The interview remains one of the most heavily weighted selection methods for most organizations. And in some cases, it's the only method that they're using. Now, that might seem a bit overwhelming because there's a lot riding on it, but I promise it'll feel less that way after I share with you how you can be prepared and ace the interview. And that's what we're going to talk about today. So let's get started. Welcome to the HR Mentor Podcast the podcast for emerging HR practitioners to get practical advice, tools, and strategies to build credibility, confidence, and ultimately, a fulfilling HR career. I always tell job seekers, the purpose of your resume and application is not to get the job. I'm going to say that one more time. The purpose of your resume and application is not to get the job. The purpose of these materials is to get the interview. The purpose of the interview and any other stages of the selection process is to get the job. So I really want you to think about that in the context of your application process and also the interview process. A lot of people write their resumes or application forms to get the job, feeling like they have to put everything in there. But really the purpose of those materials is just to get the organization or the recruiter or hiring manager interested enough to want to talk to you face-to-face or on the phone. So congratulations, your resume and screening interview have put you in the position of being of interest to the hiring manager or recruiter. Now you have an interview and now is your chance to sell them on why you would be the best fit for this position. Now, while you may be tempted to sit back and sort of revel in the joy of having this opportunity, now is not the time to wing it. Now is the time to kick your efforts into high gear and prepare yourself for this incredibly important conversation. Remember, the interview is for both parties to determine if this is a fit. The process is about determining if the role and organization are right for you as well as if you're right for the organization. Remember, you know your values, what you value, and what you have the experience and skills to do well at. So you want to use this opportunity to see if there is a match. Now, I break preparing for the interview into two stages of preparation. The first stage is research, and the second stage is practice. And today we're going to talk about both. 
Now, once again, you know I love my worksheets. I have one for you to download and to use to follow along with the podcast or to go back to after to complete the steps that I'm outlining in today's episode. You can find this worksheet at www.unicorngroup.ca forward slash episode five. So let's start by talking about research. What do you need to research? Don't worry, this isn't a term paper, but it is really important. The first thing that I want you to research is the role that you're about to interview for. Now that might sound kind of funny because you've already applied for this role, but you will be surprised how many people come to me looking for advice on the interview and when I ask them for details about the role, they don't know what the role is that they're applying for or what the requirements are. Sometimes that's because you've applied for a lot of roles and sometimes it's because the organization hasn't been clear. But regardless, you want to be crystal clear about the role you've just applied for and that you're going to be interviewed for. So the first thing you can do is go to the job posting you applied for, print that out. Start by highlighting all of the requirements and expectations that you feel are the closest match to your strengths, abilities, experience, and education. Make note of how they align with what you offer. Where do you feel like you add the most value in this position? And then look at areas where your alignment isn't quite as strong. Think about whether or not you have transferable skills or experiences that could demonstrate your ability to perform those functions or fulfill those obligations. If so, make a note of these as well. You also want to make note of what you think the critical requirements are for this job. And this might have come from a phone screening where you actually spoke to a recruiter, or it could just be based on what you see in the job posting. Sometimes employers will indicate something that's absolutely required and something that's nice to have. So you want to make sure that you highlight the areas that are absolute requirements. Now, if you've been called for the interview, chances are you already meet those minimum requirements, but maybe not. So if you don't, you also want to highlight for yourself the areas where you don't quite meet the minimum requirements for the job because you can almost bet that you're going to be asked about that during the interview. So once you've had a really good look at the requirements, skills, where you have transferable skills, you want to note that and think about how you might address some of those gaps that you have and also really be clear on where you are the strongest, which areas you can provide the most value. The other thing you want to understand about this role is whether or not it's a new role. Often when it is, the organization will state that in the advertisement or if you spoke to a recruiter, they may have mentioned it. If so, one of the questions you are asked during the interview might be related to how you see the role adding value or evolving in the organization. So if that's the case, you probably want to make note of that and be prepared to answer a question like that. If it's not a new role, one of the things that you might be curious about is why somebody left the role. Now, you might not get into that during the interview, although it may come up, the organization might bring it up, why they have the vacancy at this current time, but it might be something that you want to ask about down the road, just so that you understand what you're getting yourself into if you do accept the position. So the first thing you want to research is the role. The second thing you want to research is the organization and the department if you can. Now, the best way to do this is to start with the company website 
and to start to read their about page or any pages about their employees or career opportunities, the first thing that you want to understand is their history. What is the history of the organization? Why was it formed? How has it evolved? And then you want to look at what is their purpose, their mission, their vision, and their values. Pay particular attention to the values. Do you see any alignment between what you value and their values? Or maybe their values and the values of other organizations you've worked in? Make note of any examples where you've lived similar values or had other experiences where you've had to live to those values. Look at your own values. And if you haven't identified your core values yet, you should go back and listen to episode three of this podcast and complete the worksheet. It will help you out. But once you know what your values are, and if you see some alignment, that's a really good point to bring up during the interview or a story to share. And if the organization is living to their values, chances are they're going to be asking you questions about those values and how you might demonstrate them in the workplace. So that's a really good starting point. Mission, vision, values, and also the history of the organization. The second thing you want to look at when you're researching the organization or the department is what type of organization or entity is this? Is this a small business or a multinational corporation? Is it a family-run business or is it a nonprofit society? If this is a huge multinational company, there are likely lots of policies in place and more narrowly defined roles. But if it's a smaller organization or a family-run business, role boundaries might be blurry and less structured. You'll also want to make note of whether or not this is a unionized position. Unionized roles usually have very clearly defined parameters and you will have the benefit of reviewing the collective agreement in advance to uncover important elements such as performance management practices, advancement opportunities, and compensation and benefits. The other thing you might want to note in a union contract is what their recruitment clause says. If the organization is hiring somebody from outside the union into a unionized position, this likely means they don't have any internally qualified applicants. This also means they usually need to hire to the strict requirements of the job description. So the best thing you can do is be prepared to speak to how you meet those requirements with your education, your experience, and your skills. Another point to note about the type and size of organization is how much hiring they might do in a year. If they're an operation of less than 100 employees, chances are they don't hire often. This means they usually don't have extremely structured selection processes, and the interview might even be with one person who could very well be the owner of the company or a co-owner. This means they might not be as trained in interview processes, and what you might be walking into is something that's fairly unstructured. The other thing that's great to research about the organization is to take a look at their organizational chart. This can give you some hints as to where your role or department fits into the organization and also the level of oversight, guidance, and authority you may have in this role. It might also give you some clues as to how much structure there will be in the interview process. Organizations that usually have a lot of hierarchy and are larger tend to have more structured interview processes and will usually conduct panel interviews with multiple managers involved. Another thing you want to research about the company is their social media accounts. Look at the company page on Facebook, LinkedIn, and even Instagram. What do they post about? 
What do people say in the comments? Are there any clues as to the culture, what's important to organizational leaders and employees? Do they only post about business or does the company engage with the community? Is this important to you? Is this something you want to ask about? You may even see opportunities where they can use their social media to improve their employer brand. Keep that in mind if you're interviewing for an HR position. Social media can provide hints as to how the organization lives its values or if it even does. Make note of what you're seeing and how this either connects or disconnects with what the company states. You also want to look for connections between yourself and the organization. And again, if there are links with your values, make note of that so that you can provide illustrations or examples in the interview. Okay, so the first thing you're going to research is the role. The second is the organization. The third thing I want you to research is company reviews. Now, we live in a time where feedback and reviews are readily available. We also live in a time where this information is shared without any validation. So while I encourage you to do some research on what others have to say about the organization, I also encourage you to be discerning and cautious in how much weight you put into these reviews. Two great places you can check for company reviews or to get hints into the type of interview process you might be entering is Glassdoor and Indeed. A lot of organizations have company pages on these sites, and especially for larger organizations, current and former employees may have offered feedback. Job seekers who participated in the interview process may also have some insight into the selection process or questions that might get asked in an interview. Again, feel free to take a look at what others are saying, but keep in mind that these are not validated. So it might be a disgruntled employee who's providing a review. It could also be an employee who is encouraged to provide a positive review without it being unsolicited. Just be careful how much weight you put into these, but it's still good to look and to get a sense. Another place to get insight into the organization is from customer reviews. So you can do this through Google reviews or on their Facebook page or any other online review sites and see what customers say about the company. Do they complain or do they rave? Again, take it all with a grain of salt, but if you start to see consistent patterns, it could be helpful information and potentially could lead to a question you want to ask during the interview process. The fourth thing I want you to research is interview questions. And in fact, I want you to research and prepare for common interview questions. Now, this is going to take a bit of time for you, but I think it's an excellent exercise and definitely worth the time. So now it's time to take your HR education and put it to work. Most of you would have taken a course on recruitment and selection during your degree or your diploma or your post-bac. Now I want you to put your recruiter hat on and look at all the information that you've collected about the organization and the role and look at it from their perspective. What would you want to ask a candidate if you were hiring for this role? Look at your resume or your application. What information is missing from here as it relates to this particular role or organization? What would you want to ask if you were interviewing this candidate, interviewing you? Go back to the information you collected from Glassdoor or other sites about interviews for similar roles. What questions are commonly asked? Make a list of all the possible interview questions you think this employer would ask you. Keep in mind, many of these are going to be behavioral, so think in those terms. 
And remember, behavioral interview questions ask the candidate to tell the panel or interviewer about a time when they have done something in the past. That means you want to prepare examples of times when you've done or achieved whatever the question is asking about. For example, here's a behavioral interview question. Tell me about a time when you had to resolve a difficult customer or client complaint. Now, to answer this question, you want to have a clear example and be able to explain it succinctly, but with enough detail that the hiring panel or the manager can see that you have experience with whatever it is they're asking about. In this case, it's resolving a difficult client or customer complaint. If the situation that comes to mind for you didn't have a happy ending, be sure to explain what you learned from it and what you would do differently next time. You can definitely do more research on behavioral, situational, and other types of interview questions online, or you could dust off your textbook if you kept it and check in there. You also want to make sure that you have answers to common interview questions, such as, tell me about yourself. This is usually the first question that an interviewer will ask, and it's often used just to break the ice and try and make the candidate comfortable. But when answering this question, you want to be strategic in what you provide as an answer. You can only do that if you prepare in advance. Think about how your education and experience prepared you for this role, your strengths, areas of development. Other things you might get asked about, relevant technology, how you communicate with others. Do you like working in a team? What do you do to manage your stress? On your worksheet, I've listed some common areas, but keep in mind this is not foolproof or a blanket list of what you will be asked. Different organizations and hiring managers have different strategies and you can't fully predict them. Being prepared is just that. It's preparing. It's not predicting. But if you have some stories and examples prepared in advance for some of the more common questions, you'll definitely feel more confident going into the process. And even if a few of them can be used, that's going to help you relax and allow you to have time to think on your feet when you face unfamiliar questions during the interview. The last type of question you should be prepared for are values-based questions. If the company has a set of core values or principles, and it seems like from their website or social media that they hold them near and dear and live up to them, then you definitely want to review these and think of times where you demonstrated those values. I always like to hire to values, and I recommend my clients do as well, because when you have a good match between an individual's values and the values of the organization or team, chances are the employee is going to be more engaged, they're going to be happier, and they're going to contribute in a more meaningful way. This is also a really good chance for you to review your core values and think about what they mean to you in a workplace setting and how your behaviors at work reflect them. The last thing I want you to prepare for once you've prepared for a number of interview questions is to prepare a list of about five to seven questions that you can ask the hiring panel or the hiring manager at the end of the interview. You're not going to ask all of these, but in case some of them get covered off in the interview, it's good to have a couple more that you can ask. Now, these questions should be focused on the work and how you might contribute in this role. Your questions could be about company values, the direction the company's going, or their strategy, or it could even be about the team you're going to work in, the organizational culture, what's important to the organization. My favorite question to ask at the end of the interview is this. 
how will my performance be measured in this role? It was always important for me to understand what was important in an organization and a team so I could know if I was going to be a match and if my skills and my values were also going to be beneficial. I also like to see if the organization has this dialed in or if we're creating the definition of success together. It's totally fine if they don't know. And sometimes when I've asked this question, the hiring manager didn't have a clear answer, but at least I knew we were going to be creating the definition of success together. And so I think it's a really great question to ask. It shows you've thought about it and also that you want to show up and perform. And that was always important to me. The types of questions you absolutely want to avoid are about things like compensation, benefits, what's the fast track to a title or a promotion, tell me about my vacation time, when can I get my own corner office. Remember, you don't have this job yet. The goal is to get them to offer you the job. Then you're in a position to start negotiating and not like one minute before that. You're still hearing them out and selling them on you as the best candidate. So asking these types of presumptuous questions sometimes put interviewers off. The questions you ask really demonstrate your level of research, thoughtfulness, and understanding of the role. And so it's really another opportunity to sell yourself as the best candidate. So don't waste this opportunity. That said, this shouldn't be an interrogation either. So you really want to limit the number of questions you ask to approximately two to four so that you don't end by draining the panel of all their energy. Read the room before you ask one more question and decide if they're engaged or starting to grow weary. Lots of times you can reach out in your thank you note after the interview with an additional question or two. And you can always ask more once you get the offer. Okay, let's do a quick summary of the things I want you to prepare. Number one, you're going to research the role. And number two, the organization and the department, if possible. Next, I want you to research reviews and online feedback about the company or the department. This can come from employees, job seekers, or even customers. Next, you're going to research common or likely interview questions and prepare responses so that you would be ready for these in an interview setting. Finally, you're going to research and prepare questions that you can ask at the end of the interview. I know this seems like a lot to prepare and to research, but you are going to feel so much more confident if you have this information dialed in before you go into the interview. And again, don't forget about the worksheet. It's going to help walk you through all of these stages. So let's talk about the next stage, how you practice for the interview. The first thing you want to practice is your answers to all those interview questions that you wrote down. I always like to write out my answers first and then practice them in the mirror, just saying them out loud to myself. I know it's a bit awkward, but honestly, it works. And for me, when I write something down, I remember it. So that's just always been my process to write things down first and then to read them back to myself. Then whatever process works for you to get the answers down, you go ahead and do that. But then when you have the ability, I want you to grab a couple of friends or family members and ask them to play the role of the hiring panel. I want you to come in as if you were the candidate. You can do this virtually through a Zoom call or a Facebook Messenger video chat, whatever works for you. Or if you're able to do it face-to-face, -face, go for it. It's probably best to practice in whatever manner you're going to actually participate in the interview. 
I know it seems like it's a lot of work and effort, but it really works. And it's way more awkward to do this with people you know well than to do it with a bunch of strangers. And at first, yes, it's going to be hard to do it without laughing. But wow, if your family or friends are in character, it really does help. I did this with my family once and I had a really hard time not laughing, but they never broke character and it made me super nervous, but definitely helped me get ready for the interview and to answer these questions in front of strangers. And guess what? I nailed it and I got the job. So it's definitely worth your time. You have to remember that you may also be invited to do a video interview where you record your answers talking to yourself on the computer without a panel in front of you. So you can totally practice this way by taking a video of yourself answering these questions. It's also going to be really helpful. Again, in our new reality of remote working and remote videos, this is probably more likely than you think. So don't hesitate to turn on your webcam or even do it on your phone and just record yourself answering the questions and looking right into the camera. Again, it's awkward when you're doing it just with yourself, but it really does help to practice. I can't tell you how good it feels to go into an interview and hear a question that you have a great example for that you're prepared to answer. It really boosts your confidence and it's going to make you feel more relaxed. And then if you have questions that come up that you weren't prepared for, you're going to feel way more confident thinking on your feet and coming up with an example or an answer to that question. I don't know about you, but when I'm stressed, I can't really think clearly. So it's a perfect storm if you're not prepared when you go into the interview. I have honestly never, and I mean never, gone into an interview without being fully prepared or without practice. Even my last interview for my professor position, I had a list of questions for every person I would meet with in the process. The first interview, the meeting with the dean, the meeting with the chair, the second panel interview, my teaching presentation. I'd never been through an interview process like this one before, so I wasn't sure what even to prepare. But I went online, I did some research, I thought about what I would ask if I was on the hiring panel, and I practiced. And I knew all the people I was interviewed by. But I didn't leave anything to chance. And again, when you know the people that are part of the process, sometimes it makes it even harder. The job was also super important to me, and it was perfectly aligned with what I love to do and how I could contribute and have an impact. So I really put the effort in, and it paid off. So I don't want you to hold back when it comes to preparing and practicing. Okay, so you're going to practice your interview questions. The next thing that I want you to practice is your outfit. I know this sounds super funny, but this is really important to both your comfort, your stress, and the impression that you make. And you don't want to be figuring this out on game day or having fails with your clothes or shoes. I'm a runner, and this is the same as preparing for race day. You don't wake up on the day of a marathon and put on new shoes and new gear. You wear them multiple times before race day to make sure that you don't have any blisters or any other discomfort. My last marathon, I actually failed at this. I decided for some reason to tape my feet. It's something I'd done for other long races in the past, but not something I did leading up to this race. But because I was in Prague and the Czech Republic and I was going to be running on cobblestone for part of the race, I thought maybe it would be a great idea. Nope. 
At around six kilometers, I had to stop, rip my shoes off, rip all the tape off, treat blisters because it was not working with this particular pair of shoes. I managed to keep going, but this rookie mistake cost me a more comfortable run. So take my advice and do the same with your interview outfit. Try it on. Wear it a few times. Sit in it. Lean over a table and pretend to shake hands in it. Have a meal in it. Maybe they're going to take you out for lunch or dinner. Present something in it standing up. Make sure it's comfortable and that you look sharp. You don't want anything that you're going to have to pull down or adjust during the interview. I know, again, it sounds kind of funny, but it'll be worth the extra time that it takes to prepare this. The last thing that you want to be ready for is your references. Now, this could fit into both the research and practice category, but you really want to be ready with a set of at least three references that you can send to the hiring panel or provide at the end of the interview. You're going to want to have at least two work-related references and ideally someone who directly supervised you. If you don't, be prepared that the hiring panel or the HR practitioner may ask for this at the end. Now, it's not enough to have names and phone numbers and emails, but in order to ace this last step in the process, you also want to have prepped your references. First of all, call them and ask them if they'll be a reference. If they say yes, confirm their contact information and then give them some information about the job and the organization. You may also want to send them your resume if you didn't work with them recently so they can see what you've done since they last worked with you. Maybe they can't speak to that, but it shows a trusted relationship, and that's important. You also want to make sure that your list of references is on a separate sheet of paper, printed, and ready to hand to the panel or to be emailed to them if you're doing a video um, interview or to email to them after the interview if you haven't already provided these. You should also bring copies of your resume for everyone on the hiring panel if you are meeting face-to-face. Don't assume that they've had time to print a copy, and it also shows that you're prepared. Okay, so the things that you want to practice before your interview is your interview questions, your outfit, and you want to make sure that your references are ready to roll and have a good understanding of the job you're applying for and how you're aligned to this position. So let's wrap this up. You know what you need to prepare, and now you know you want to practice your interview questions, your game day outfit, and have your references both prepped and prepared to speak on your behalf. I get it, this is a lot of work, but if you think about the benefits of getting the job you've been eyeing up and the possible doors that could open for you because of it, I think you're going to find that it's truly worth it. And honestly, the more interviews you do, the easier the answers to the questions become, and a lot of the prep you do the first time takes less time in the future. Again, the worksheet will help guide you through your research and preparation, And you can find it at www.unicorngroup.ca forward slash episode dash five. As always, if you're loving this content, please let me know by leaving a review and a comment wherever you're listening. If you have ideas on future topics you would like me to cover, please don't hesitate to reach out via social media and share your ideas. This podcast is for you and always will be. So whatever you need, in order to be successful, matters to me. Thanks so much for listening today. And if you haven't already hit the subscribe button, definitely take that step and don't miss an episode. I'm wishing you a wonderful week. Bye for now.